Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. I'm Alex Gehring. Whew, we made it through the intro. We made it. We made it. The without... rest of the episode should did be you... simple. I really want you to notice that I did not, while you were talking, take a drink, um, only to delay the in- my, my little bit there. I'm Alex Gehring. Um, I... Because you don't have a drink. I don't have a drink in front of me. It's <laughs> and just... it's really weird, because you almost always have something. Since I... you've given up your caffeine, I... you have nothing. I'm still, I, I'm But you don't even it. have water. I don't even have water with me, which is actually- How are you say, hydrating? I probably need water. I mean, you're- Through water. Because you still have a cough. I do. And yet, you don't have water to- I drink plenty of water, mom. But, <laughs> let, hey, let's be real. We're in this podcast room for the next hour and a half, <laughs> and you and we're going to talk, which There's, means we're using our throat. We've got bottles of water right over there. I can uh, go over there at any point and that, grab one is the stash that we don't get into. That's the quarantine stash. I don't <laughs> think the, we're allowed to That's the to coronavirus go stash? Is that was that the last 32 pack that was available at Sam's Club? Yes. Did oh you not get gosh. that memo? We're not allowed to have it. <laughs> Heck, I couldn't even find any K-cups in the kitchen just a minute ago cuz I actually was going to have some coffee. And I don't normally have a coffee for a podcast, so it's probably a good thing I didn't. But we couldn't even find any K-cups in this place. You know, I don't want to beat the, there, the coronavirus horse that's very dead already but yeah because by this point we're talking april 22nd we're talking i april hope 22nd. it's really dead. i hope it's like <laughs> completely gone right i hope that it's like completely gone by this point but um the other day mm-hmm. it, it kept uh put out some uh, put out a really great article yep um about um making sure that you know we're, what we're got, doing yeah 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 making sure that we've got hand sanitizer in our mm-hmm. listings you know a little bit and he's been kind of all over social media about this and it's not because i i don't think that kip is like a major a crazy prepper or anything like that no. i don't think that he's like that's being not all, how i'd ever describe no kip, he's not ever. being like all alex jones about anything right. that's not where we're sorry alex jones with, <gasps> with apologies that, to this alex our jones. first alex jones reference on the <laughs> podcast oh wow <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. I know. But but anyway, so let's talk as serious theories. <laughs> so um but uh he's he's been really good about about putting stuff out there to help us help the public feel safe right. while all of this is going on. Because our businesses can't halt. No. Um, the reality is that people are still gonna need to move. Right. Uh, no matter what's going on out yeah. there, this doesn't all just like go on hold. No. So um I also not being a crazy prepper uh went out to get some uh a little thing a hand sanitizer okay i i go to a uh, quick trip totally right. out of hand sanitizer yep. i figured like i knew that other places were going to be out but you were trying I, to think outside the box yeah i figured places. like I convenience store okay there's going to be hand sanitizer right. no no hand sanitizer available i'm like okay well I guess, and there was a Walmart nearby, so I stopped at Walmart. Right. No hand no. sanitizer. No okay. handheld sanit- hand sanitizer. No massive bottles of hand sanitizer. None. Right. Um, then I started thinking, okay, so I'm going to go to Whole Foods, and I'm going to look for bougie hand sanitizer. Oh. Right? Because I'm like, nobody's right. going to spend that much money on hand sanitizer. I'll just get some bougie hand sanitizer. Right. And surely there's some available. No. No. No bougie hand sanitizer. You can make your own, though. I saw this. Yes. I said, have you done this? I've not done it only because, so my son had just had strep about a week and a half before um, all, all the coronavirus stuff. Yeah. And we had actually stocked up on hand sanitizer already just with the strep oh. and not any one of us wanting to get sick again. Thank so goodness had he already- had strep. <laughs> I know. Thanks, Alex, for having strep. <laughs> it worked out really well for mommy. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, you can take it yourself. You just have to have, um, I think it's 90% plus rubbing alcohol. You take some aloe vera 
and the gel and then they said you should put some essential oil in it of whatever smell you want otherwise it just smells like alcohol and i'm like i think i'd rather just have the alcohol smell just make it smell like booze yeah just make it smell like we we put some whiskey in it (gasps) that might be our smell it's that kind of alcohol it's fine (laughs) well no it's it's you know you talked about now the question here's the thing is that as soon as that came out I'm betting aloe is completely sold out, like on Amazon now. I oh, bet no, you no, can't no, even find effort. aloe people, gel. No, nah, I bet people aren't taking the effort you don't to think do it. So? Nah, people are. And this is like a Pinterest project. People will talk about. It. They'd uh, rather just complain and not. Uh, they'd rather complain about not being able to get it than actually do something about it and actually have it. That's legit. That's true. We'd You're rather just right. sit in our. But didn't you end up finding some hand sanitizer in your car? In my car. So that's that's the deal. So okay, and this is a side story. This is going to become a long we introduction. Have lots I of apologize. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. All right, there was a listing. Okay. All right. Um, a, a listing appointment. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, uh, as I'm touring the home for the first time, it was it was the kind of listing where, by the time I was done with it, I I felt like I needed to wash my hands. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and so I go out of the house and I'm looking everywhere for hand sanitizer okay. in my car. Right. I didn't, I didn't have any. I, I, it seemed like I should have some. I ran over to the 7-Eleven mm-hmm. just because it was nearby, and I got right. some hand sanitizer, and that was it. Got it. Um, and then I put this hand sanitizer in my little glove department mm-hmm. and completely forgot about it. This is like a year ago. You were prepping before prepping was cool. I know. And so then when I realized, and then in, in my head, I'm like, gosh, I know I, 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 I've had to buy hand sanitizer before. Right. Like this is, this is, I'm, this memory is coming. This is not is my coming. first time in That's 26 right. years. Uh, 26. I'm older than 26. Like by a day? Uh, by two years. So then I, so, so then I thought, okay, well I can find some hand sanitizer because I know that I bought some about right. a year ago and then I dig in all over the place and I found it. It was great. And it was like hardly used. Yeah. So I felt like a felt like I found a hundy in my pocket. I mean, pretty much you did. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so you found this hand sanitizer, it's worth a hundred dollars. Or more. Probably you should, have you ebayed it? I have not ebayed it. Okay. No, I decided I needed to, that to keep point it. Yet. I, I, yeah. Oh yeah, because you need yeah, it. Yeah, I need oh, it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the other problem. When you sell these things, you no longer have possession of them. That's the deal. Should you need them? How cool would it be if because okay, in your office, do you have a hand sanitizer station? That's a great question. I haven't been to my office in quite some time. I work for <laughs> my home office. That's not the, you probably have hand sanitizer. And in I your, do in have hand sanitizer <laughs> in my home office. I, I feel like KCRR has done a really good job of making sure the hand sanitizer stations are all over the place. And I They've love the really signs. The signs yeah, are clever. hilarious. We're sold on keeping you healthy or whatever it is. It's good stuff. There's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said earlier. And we talked about no matter what's going on in the world – we have to keep selling houses. Yeah. And that goes back to a conversation we were having actually before this podcast and talking about the gig economy. Oh, yeah. Talk to, talk to me about I don't want to spoil alert your blog post. Yeah, right, right, but yeah. it might help get some eyes on your blog. That's so, true. So yeah. talk, let's, let's talk about that because I think there's a lot of truth to that. Sure. So I feel, uh, and, and I think and other people have talked about it as well, that um, since we've pushed into this gig economy thing where we've got businesses and, and people that we're working for as independent contractors um, that are not um, building up funds to have any kind of paid leave, it actually is damaging to public health. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to jump to Uber as an example. So um, let's say that I am an Uber driver and Uber has become my full-time gig. 
Um, and I've been an Uber driver before, so so I it, fun fact You've about never me. Talked? Oh. Yeah, I have been an Uber driver before. Um, it was uh, my first year in real estate. I was also substitute teaching. I'm like doing. We all are so of the, talking about this on the next episode. <laughs> doing all of the things to try to to Amber, try to note that. make the money. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay, so. Um, an Uber driver, though, if you're a full-time Uber driver, mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden you have to be in quarantine for 14 days, they tell you to go into self-quarantine for 14 days. Right. It's devastating to your financial situation. Oh yeah. Uh, you are not in a situation where uh, you're probably building up a ton of savings. Right. If if I'm in that situation, and I've got a daughter to feed, mm-hmm. I've got bills to pay, I've got a mortgage, um, anything like that. Right. I'm probably gonna find a way to work. Yeah. Um, and that's damaging to public health. Right. Um, so I and, and real estate's no different. We've got right. people that are new to this business mm-hmm. right now. If they get a lead. Right. I'm not saying that if you have coronavirus that it's OK for you to go work it and that you have an excuse. No. That's not what I'm telling you. But and the we are survivalists. Right. I mean, that as an entrepreneur, that is our spirit. Right. Like we are survivalists. Uh, we we. That's just how it is. Got to pay your bills. We're gonna work. Yeah, we're gonna work. And um, so I, I do have some concern um, that uh, something like this uh, really shows that the gig economy right. is. Uh, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of brilliant things about it, right. but I don't know that it is always in the best interest of public health in a situation like this. Well, and and I, I think that these companies are going to start suffering right. majorly I agree. because people are going to realize that. And I'm not going to get in an Uber. Right. If we, if we, if we, I don't know whether or not we're going to DC or not. Right. If we're going to DC, I'm probably going to think twice about taking you, an Uber. Are you walking? How are you doing it then? Probably going to walk, which yeah. is fine. Cause in DC you kind of can, can if you're staying in the right place. I don't know if you can walk from the airport over. And you can't walk from the airport. Can you segue? You might be able to segue. I don't know. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, but anyway, you, know, you get my point. You talk about the public health thing, and I know we're, we're kind of got a long intro, and I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Um, but right about the time that all the news about the coronavirus broke, one of my friends um, lives out in North Carolina. Their school sent out a thing about attendance and having a special celebration for the kids who don't miss any more sick days. Oh, yeah. No, and, and the, that's the lady exactly who got this, about. she's a nurse, and she's like, Okay, I think the timing of all of this is really, really yes. crappy. Yes. You tell us keep our kids home when they're sick, right. and yet don't keep your kids home that's because right. we need them at school for funding. And we have created something that's sides bashing their heads against that's each right. other, just like with public health and gig economy. That's the so deal. Do not incentivize right. damaging the public health. Yeah. And that's that's what the gig economy does, yep. if we're being honest. Yeah. And it's what things like that do. Yep. It's kind of like... Um, Sorry, you're right. We need to move on. But uh, it's kind of like when we have snow days. Yeah. And there are people, there are companies out there who, if you make it into work, mm-hmm. will let you go home. Right. And uh, we'll give you the day, the rest of the day off paid. Right. If you don't go in, though, Mm-mm. you don't get anything. Right. If you, if you decide not to come in for your own safety. Right. We might let everybody else go when they get here. Right. But we're not giving them. you anything. You... And at that point, you have risked yep. yourself, yep. your life. And I other mean, it might lives. be extreme. And other no, lives. if the roads are bad. Yeah. And, I... and so you're incentivizing, mm-hmm. um, you know, what could be damaging. Public safety. Yeah. It's, it's dumb. So it's frustrating. Yep. And, 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 yeah, it's just, it's, 
It's hard to wrap your brain around. I can't have all of it. Can't have our cake and eat it too, gosh That's darn. right. Did you Speaking guys, if, cake, if there are other uh, world problems that you guys would like us to solve here on Real Talk, we'll solve you let us right know. Now. Yeah, we'll hey, solve Alex, them. Hey, Alex. What? Did you know something? You have a book bit? Well, that, but it's also oh, oh. more than that, more Whoa. important oh. than my book bit. Holy cow. It's April. Do you know what April is? I bet you don't. April is what? Fair housing month. Woo! Yep. So is that, not that the right means is that I don't know. Is that the right? Reaction? Thank goodness we don't have guests in the studio right now. <laughs> so if you would like a refresher on fair housing law, which to be honest, we, we all need like, one. Yes. Also, we like to have you listen to our podcast episodes. We had an amazing fair housing law episode last year. You need to give it a listen. It was guests from our KCRAR diversity committee. <laughs> And they talked about the ins and the outs of fair housing law. And it was great. It was a great episode that we had. I'm also going to give a plug. Uh, that's a, it was an awesome episode. I'm also going to give a plug. If you have not uh, watched the fair housing study uh, that they oh, did yes. uh, in Long Island, mm-hmm. uh, Read I, it. I highly encourage you to go to Google right now, type in Long Island fair housing study. And uh, it's a, I believe it's a, is it a Newsday? Yes, report. Newsday, yeah. Newsweek. Newsweek, Newsday, Newsweek. Newsweek is a thing. Newsweek. I don't think Newsday is a thing. I think it's actually a thing, but I think is it's it Newsweek. That I it think is. it's Newsweek. Yeah. So uh, it's a Newsweek report. Like a uh, they thing. have lifted the uh, pay barrier for it, so you don't have to uh, pay to access it. Um, f- it. Very eye-opening. Highly encourage it. Check it out. Also, if you hear me clapping right now, we're making sounds. There's, there's a, a nap, nap in our studio. <laughs> We've gotten, we got bugs. <laughs> Spring must be here. We got bugs. Yay. Oh, now Alex is looking like a crazy person trying to hit the net. (laughs) That's why we need to be on video. But guess what? Now I have a book bit. Oh. Oh. Do-do-do-do-do. Bob, which is what my daughter calls Baby Shark. She goes, <laughs> Mama, do, do, do. Dad, Dada, do, do, do. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. not Baby Shark. I like oh it. Oh, my gosh. I like it. Do, 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 do. Bobby's book. <laughs> <laughs> He's still coughing. Still Brought to you by Casey. Rawr. That's fake All right. So I'm doing a book you've probably heard of. I don't know if you've read it or not. So I might as well do a book bit on it. And then you'll be educated on all of the books. The book is, oh, I forgot to do my quote from the last one. Ah, darn it. That's okay. Um, The book is Good to Great, Why Some Companies Make the Leap and Others Don't by none other than Jim Collins. And um, this book uh, examines what it takes for ordinary companies to become great and outperform their competitors. He analyzed 28 companies over 30 years um, of those who managed to make the transition to great and those who... Um, fell prey to their bad habits. And and I love the way that it was phrased in the book like that. It wasn't that their competitors outperformed them. It's that they just fell prey to their own bad habits that they had. And that's what I think is if you're failing, it's your own problem. It's not everybody around you. It's when you start looking at it, it becomes scarcity. Exactly. Right. Yep. So and, and I know they're raising think, oh, her quote is going to be the, and the enemy of great is good. But it's not. That is not my quote. Though it is in the book. That is a good quote from the book. My, the quote is, by definition, it is not possible for everyone to be above average. Mm, that is good. And it's not because yeah. it, you can't be above average That's if right. average is average. Too high. Fridge. Got That's it. Right. Yeah. All right. So we got three key takeaways from the book for you, like always. Number one is find your hedgehog concept. Like Sonic? 
Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Ooh, we wouldn't watch the movie. Not as bad as you would think. Okay, book it. Focus, Bobby. Bobby. Focus. Yeah. All right. Hedgehogs <laughs> have a simple defense strategy, and they know what to do in an attack situation. They curl they jump. up. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> they get golden rings. <laughs> get We've golden so rings. squirreled away this episode. It's fine. Apologize. So hedgehogs, they curl up, and they become an untouchable, spiky, rock-like, unbreakable fortress. And your hedgehog concept is much like that. It's the thing that you can keep doing, pushing for ages that will eventually take you to number one. But you got to answer three questions to find your hedgehog concept. What can we be the best in the world at? And if you're a local realtor, what can I be the best at in my local area? It doesn't have to be the world for this. Um, what things can we be passionate about? And what is the key economic indicator we should concentrate on? Mm. But what I need you to know is that for good to great companies, it takes them at least four years to figure this out. They don't just sit down with the three questions and figure it out today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Give yourself time to figure this out. The second one is, oh, and I love this one, only adopt new technology if it helps you reach your goal. I love that. Yeah, so Realtors, important. listen oh, to me. No kidding. We are flooded with an incredible amount of technology every single year. TikTok, anyone? Um, the question is how much of it really benefits us? Always be wary of new innovations. They can just be distractions from your business. Only jump on the bandwagon once you're convinced. It will help you improve your hedgehog concept. And then my third key takeaway, always confront uncomfortable truths head on. But never lose faith that they're that you'll be able to work it out. Realistic optimism is another habit of good to great companies. They do not put their head in the sand and ignore hard facts, but they don't throw their hands up in despair either. If your latest marketing campaign sucked, accept it and just deal with it. So that's my that's my book bit, which means we need to get on to our special guest so for really, today. Really quick thing about that book bit, though. Okay, good. It's a great book bit. It's a and great book. But, so, but when was it written? Long time ago. And it was written prior to the crash. Right. And there were multiple companies in that book. Yep. That over the 30 years that he was watching those companies, yep. they had remained successful. Mm -hmm. They built themselves to great and then didn't remain it. Didn't remain it. And, and that is, and so uh, they, they should have read the book. Right. They, they should have, their, they should have, have taken read their own advice. That's right. That's the deal. That's the problem. Is once you get to number one, not guaranteed you're going to stay it's there. It's too easy to and fall back. And I've seen back. too many top producers do that in their own it's business true. as well. It's true. So we do have a special episode today, though. Ooh, tell me about the special. So What's excited. so special so about this special. episode? Well, because we recorded it last month when we were at Recharge. <laughs> That's what makes it so special. And it was one of my favorite people, Mrs. Shay Hata. Oh, she was so good. She just happens to be the wife of former guest Nobu Hata. Is this the on. first, like, power couple total that we've interviewed? It is. Wow. I think it's, like, one of the few power couples that I, like, really... Think of as a power couple? Exactly. Wow. As their own, just so amazing in their own rights. Um, but she had a lot of really good insights for automating your business and perfecting your client experience. I was just blown away by her presentation on stage. She was great. Yeah. She was, she was excellent. And she was a, a great podcast Even guest. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. totally. There, every time she opened her mouth, I mm -hmm. learned... Uh, more from her. So, yep. Should we just like do we should it? Just Amber, make it happen. Before we get on to the interview, we wanted to tell you a little bit about our industry partner, Capital Federal. Capital Federal is steadfast in its corporate philosophy of safety and savings, sound lending policies, quality customer service, and commitment to community. We know your buyers have a choice when it comes to a mortgage loan. We have a few reasons why they should choose Capital Federal. 
As a leading residential broker in Kansas and Missouri, Capital Federal's experienced loan consultants can take the worry out of a loan approval process for you and your clients. They service conventional loans for the life of the loan, so there's no need to worry about who services the loan down the road. Capital Federal can offer peace of mind because you have the ability to meet them face-to-face if you need additional information. And Capital Federal offers conventional home loans, purchase plus improvement loans, construction to permanent loans, refinancing, and more. Capital Federal would love to help your buyers finance their new home. Experience the true blue difference today. Contact Capital Federal at one eight 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 cap fed Stop by one of its 25 branch offices across the greater KC area or capfed.com slash lending. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. And welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk. We are here with Shay Hada. Welcome, Shay. We're excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Great job, by the yes. way. Excellent presentation. Oh, it was thank very you good. so much. You guys have a great audience. So You're a great speaker. It's good to be here. We were just happy everyone stuck around after break to hear you because it was we had a long break and we were just really hoping everyone would stick around. You had some amazing information. And for those of you that do not know, we've had uh, Shay's husband, Nobu, on with us before. And we were just talking about they have a son, Oliver. We're probably going to bring Oliver on and do some interviews with him because it could be fun. He might be able to sing us some, you know, Baby Shark or some Paw Patrol. I mean, <laughs> oh, yes, Paw Patrol. If yes. you say that, that's his jam. I'm really <laughs> glad Chase is no longer on the case in my house. So <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> we have a lot of that right now. I don't understand those references yet. <laughs> yeah. My 23 month old doesn't watch Paw Patrol yet. Just yet. Wait, it's Not coming. Yet. Is it's it coming? coming? Oh, good. Yeah. So, Shay, you talked about when you were up on stage, you moved to a new city where you knew no one when Nobu took a new job. You had sold a couple businesses to some foreign investors and you were like, "Ah, I'm just going to stay at home. And then you realized you're not a stay at home kind of person. You got to keep yourself busy. And you built a real estate business from scratch, knowing absolutely no one. And you talked about your first year. Tell everybody about your first year and what, how you spent that first year and how long it really takes to get a real estate business up and going. Sure, absolutely. So I really had the philosophy that if you build it, they will come. And I thought that if I could treat clients like gold, the few clients that I could get, because I literally didn't know anybody when we moved to Chicago, if I gave them a really fantastic experience, they would refer me to their family and their friends. So that was really my philosophy going into the business. So I spent that first year just building systems. I had no clients, so I had a lot of free time. So I figured, why not? So I really worked on building a website because if you look, two out of three consumers research you extensively before they choose to go with you. So as a new agent, I didn't have any information online. I didn't have any closed transactions, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So I felt like if I could build a really comprehensive website to show my knowledge, that might help bring clients to me. And at the time, I really had no knowledge. I didn't even know how the real estate transaction worked. So part of it was also for me figuring out how the real estate transaction worked. So I sat down and I I figured out there were 31 steps from when they meet a realtor until they close on the buy side and a similar number on the sell side. And I started writing down every single step, exactly what happens. And because I hadn't been through a single transaction at that point, I would take each step to my managing broker. And I would say, is this how it works? Because I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so she would say, well, no, that's wrong. You know, that's not how it works. But this is how it works. And so... It was really part of it for me was an education for myself and how that process works because I also knew that most likely I was going to work mainly with first-time homebuyers 
and they would be going online and they could learn how the transaction worked along with me essentially. So that's really what I spent my, spent my first year doing was just building that website and starting to build those systems. Um, because Nobu had told me that it takes three years in real estate to really you know, create a good income for yourself. And of course, I didn't believe him. I thought I would do it faster, but he turned out to be completely <laughs> correct. You know, and I know, right? So that first year I did one transaction for 131,000. It was an online lead for my brokerage. And that was how I got my first client. You know, and then my second year I did 7 million and my third year I did 14 million and that was really with that philosophy of treat your clients like gold you know I went over and helped a client pack her house that first client I don't have time to do that anymore but we still want to try to provide that level of service to clients if you really love on them they will love you back during your when you were up there I got so many ideas from from everything I mean just from from beginning to end there was so much there Um, one of the things that really resonated with me was uh, delivering boxes to your people and then making it like a box share program. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. So one of the things that we did was, because I just bought a new house in June, I, it was a good reminder for myself of how awful the buying and selling process is. And so we surveyed all of our clients and we said, what are the parts of the process that are really painful for you? The parts that you dread. And it was one of the things was getting boxes and moving. They were like, yeah. it's just such a pain in Chicago where some people don't have cars, you know, to go and get boxes and they're expensive. It's a lot of money, right? So what we decided to do is we have an automated uh, email that goes out through our CRM so that we find out the day that somebody's going to move and then they get this email the next day that says to them, you know, we know you just moved. Congratulations on your move. If you're done with your moving boxes and you don't want them any longer, let us know. We have lots of clients who are in the process of packing. They would love to come over and pick up your boxes. You know, it saves them money. They're not having to pay for boxes and it's a good way for you to get rid of your boxes and it's good for the environment. So it's a win-win for everybody. So that's been really successful with our clients. They love it. It's fun when one client gets to drive over to another client's house and pick up boxes and kind of, you know, network network. And they both end up going, oh, we love Shay. She was great. You know, so it just strengthens your fibers too while you're doing all of that. Absolutely. It's it's created a nice community and it's just a nice value add to our clients that doesn't cost us anything we're just providing an easy service yep. so you had like you I've known you for a very very long time and yet the amount of takeaways that I had from you today were just absolutely like mm-hmm. I'm just like ready to go home and start selling some real estate tomorrow like right yeah like yeah. I always do but it's like I'm really like ready and like I'm glad my I'm supposed to have some things in my calendar tomorrow they all cleared off and I'm like yes we're getting in we're doing all the things so thank you for that um, you just talked about, you know, the boxes was a free thing. And we did talk about some things that did cost a little bit of money that you do for your clients. And you talked about um, gifts that they get, like the under contract gifts and then the closing gifts. Can you kind of go an, over those and um, the information that you get up front from them? Actually, I really liked that too, was the um, the drinks and mm-hmm. all of those. Can you kind of go over like sure. that little process? Because I love that. Yep, sure. You know, so I kind of to backtrack a little bit, you know, my mom was a single mom. She opened a cookie store when I was four. And in order for us to survive, we didn't have a lot of money. I went in every day and helped her make cookies. That's how I learned math. I worked the cash register. It's, you know, how I learned kind of the service industry. And, you know, the thing she always taught me from a young age is one, the customer is always right. And you go above and beyond for every customer because that's how you put a roof over your head and feed Mm -hmm. your family. So that's really been my philosophy with real estate. And so I like to give gifts and I feel like it's a much better use of my money to give gifts to clients than it is to spend money on buying leads, you know, online lead generation and things like that. That just doesn't work for me. It's not authentic to me. So 
Um, the first thing we did was we created a Google form and we have a survey called Ready to Buy for our buyers. And I took this from Alice and Seth Daly. Mm-hmm. Forgot to mention that uh, out of uh, the East Coast. We have one that's a Ready to Sell survey and then we have a Ready to Buy and Sell survey. And so on that, that survey, it asks them for things like, their favorite Starbucks beverage, their favorite type of snack, what kind of music do they like, because we really want to customize the buying process Mm -hmm. for them. So when I go to pick them up for showings, I make sure I have their favorite drink in my car, their favorite snack, I have their favorite music playing on the radio. We ask them what are their favorite hobbies, sports teams, et cetera. So I pull that up on my CRM before I pick them up and then I have conversation topics to talk to them about that interest them. Because you know, like right now I'm working with 27 buyers, there's no way for me to remember all of that information, right, right? right? But if I have it in my CRM, then I have things to talk about. I can put in there that, you know, their Aunt Sally just had surgery, so I remember next time I see them to follow up with them about that stuff. So then we decided, you know, the real estate process, it's tough. Like once you go under contract, it is stressful, it is emotional, and we really wanted to try to figure out moments where we could bring joy to the transaction. That was really our goal. So um, when we first meet with a new client, either a buyer or seller, after we meet with them, we send them Sherry's Berries to be delivered the next day. And, and we, where do you send those? To their office. I loved that I love idea. That too. You yeah. get their work address up front yep. and then you're yes. sending Sherry's Berries. It's much more effective, we found, because then they get this cool surprise at their office. All their colleagues see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just really starts to build that referral system for you. Um, so, you know, so we do that. And then once they go under contract, again, that's kind of that celebratory moment. I'm sorry, not when they go under contract, but when you um, finish the inspection negotiations, right? That's mm-hmm. that celebratory moment where you know the deal is hopefully pretty solid. So we um, started sending them Tiffany's champagne glasses. You can get two champagne glasses from Tiffany. It's in the really nice blue box and it's only $50 with free shipping. So it's not too expensive. And again, <laughs> Who doesn't love getting a Tiffany's box delivered to their office? Yeah. Right? Anytime. And everybody else like, yeah. what are you getting from Tiffany's? Totally. That's right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's just kind of that fun moment that brings joy. Um, so we did that. And then we really decided with our closing gift program, I was struggling with one, you know, with 98 transactions that I closed last year, trying to customize a gift for every client became really hard. And just making sure we had all the pieces at the times we needed them, having to go into the office and pick them up before closing, it just really became a challenge. And, and it's often uncomfortable. And you touched on on a couple of things that I yeah. deal with. I mean, you don't know if somebody is uh, it has a previous issue with alcohol and here you're trying to bring them wine. Totally. Like you're totally right on all that. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want to do like an impersonal gift basket because you don't know if somebody's vegan or vegetarian right. or, pay, you know, you just don't know these days, right? Yeah. And I wanted people to be able to pick their own closing gift but we needed some parameters for that. So we, um, in our in our CRM in Realvolve, we have an email that goes out to them three weeks before closing, and so they get to pick whatever gift they want. So they have their choice of my handyman will come over for four hours, my cleaning woman will come over for four hours, uh, we'll send our photographer over to do pictures in their new house, uh, we'll do a housewarming party where we provide the booze, they provide the food, uh, I'm sorry, we provide the food, they provide the booze, or if they don't like those options, we'll do a gift card to their favorite store. And so then I feel like they really get to pick something that they like. And I know a lot of realtors were like, well, but that doesn't last. They're not going to think of you every time they see it. And I'm like, but they're not going to think of you with a gift basket either. And with your systems that you have in place, they're going to think of you anyway. Exactly. Like I follow up with them every month. So who cares? I'd rather they pick something they like. And sometimes I've had them come back to me and say, you know, I I really would like to have my carpets cleaned instead. Is that okay? And I'm like, yes, I want it to be something you like. 
and that's memorable to them. Like yeah. it just creates less stress in the transaction if they don't have to worry about cleaning the house totally or if they're not handy having to put up shelves you know and so and it's been great for us because then all we have to do is send an email to the provider being like here they you know they picked you here's their contact information schedule it just made it easy for us and it's a you know our clients are really happy so it's been a win-win and you have pre-negotiated rates with your preferred vendors and i'm sure the amount of business you're sending them they're probably sending you some business too because you've set, created such a great relationship by promoting their business absolutely yeah so we've pre-negotiated with everybody we pay them a flat 120 dollars fee and then if and in the email it says to the clients you know if you want the handyman more than four hours that's perfectly fine his additional hourly rate i think is like $40 an hour. You know, if you want the cleaning woman for more than four hours, totally fine. Here's her additional rate, right? So, you know, so now we know we've met our budget because we started off not doing that. And then we would get cleaning bills that were like $500, right? right? So we got okay. a little smarter about that. The other thing it really does is, you know, it's helped grow that vendor's business, but it also helps us out in a pinch because, you know, if I have a situation where, you know, my sellers moved out and they didn't clean the place well and they leave it, left it a mess, mm -hmm. I can call that cleaner and she'll drop anything to come over and do it. So it's a win-win for both of us. So with the $120 for services that you provide as a closing gift, $50 for Tiffany, uh, champagne flutes, um, what do Sherry's you think, berries. Sherry's berries. What do you estimate your total cost for these services that you provide to be? And then another sure. follow-up question to that. Yeah. So we generally spend around two hundred twenty-five dollars per client on all of their gifts. Okay. Um, we also do. There were some additional things I didn't mention. Like after closing, we send them a return, a customized return address stamp in the mail a month after closing I love with that. their new address. Um, and if they're a first-time homebuyer and they're buying a single-family house, we send them a book of all like easy repairs they can do in their house to save them money. Um, so we send them that. And then if they celebrate Christmas, I took this from. Mara, uh, they we send them a holiday ornament that's a nice little metal ornament from mpix.com. It's like $10, and the more you order, the cheaper it is. And it has a picture of their home on it. And it says home for the holidays in the year. So with all of those things, we spend about $225 a, uh, for you know essentially one year of gifts for them. Yeah. Um, my feeling is that, you know, if I'm, I, you know, I make on average about $8,000 a transaction right. with my average price point. So if I'm spending $225, it's nothing, it's nothing. and yeah. I'm not buying leads. That's right. Most of my business comes from referrals. So for me, it's really a win-win. Well, so, and, and sorry, the, okay. the thing that I really, really love about that is you're spending $225 per client and yet every single thing feels completely personalized right. to sure. them. And yet it's automated on your end. Yes. Yeah. And it's really helped us win listing presentations. That's been the interesting part because oftentimes, you know, I'm competing against two or three other agents for listing presentations. And so we always have that sent the berries the day after the listing presentation, mm -hmm. usually when they're still deciding who they're going to work with. And so I think I win a lot of presentations just because we drop off these nature. chocolate. I mean, yeah. I'd yeah. hire you over some Sherry's Berries. Right. They're so good. They're <laughs> so good. Have you had Sherry's Berries? No. They're so good. Yeah, the chocolate-covered strawberries. They're very good. So what I really yeah. like about this, too, one of the things that's uh, kind of making a impact in our industry right now are these concierge services that you can that you can purchase and uh you know they, they range from i think there's a basic one that i know of that's at like 350 and that same program which is called client giant and uh jay o'brien i think is his name he's out of california um but they they range all the way up to like 900 dollars and you can purchase something like that and you can you can have all of it happen automatically and pay it 
pretty good upcharge for everything. Or you can just have really organized systems in place and uh, make sure that it all happens, you know, pretty much remotely without having to pay an upcharge. I mean, you've really come up with a way to do this without outsourcing it to another to a third party. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my whole CRM and system really is handled by, you know, one woman in, on my team who works 10 to 15 hours a week. So, you know, because we've put so many systems in place and we really streamline our communication with our clients, it frees us up yeah. to do these other kinds of things without having to pay outside vendors and keep our costs really low. So, That's I mean, great. even with my staffing costs, you know, usually my um, expenses are below 25%. So, I mean, that's kind of the range I try to keep them in is 20 to 25%. And I do a ton of client events, you know, things like that. Um, but, I, you know, I'd rather spend my money on those things than outsourcing somebody else to order a gift that we could order. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so the, the three main points from your session today was, and really two of them kind of go together, is having that great website. It's having blog posts that are answering those frequently answered questions that you're getting all the time and it's just so much simpler just to send them a link. It answers everything and then if they have leftover questions, it cuts your time communicating down. And then the last part is having that CRM and having it with drips that are scheduled to go out. But I, I feel that some agents are going to push back against you and say, but that doesn't sound like me or it's going to sound canned. And you talked about how you created your content. Talk to me about how you went about creating that content so it felt like you were speaking to them personally and it wasn't just some canned thing coming at them. Sure. I think that's the difference is if you create the content, it sounds like me. I mean, if you look at my blog posts, I kind of ramble. My blog posts kind of ramble. You know what I mean? It's it's like having a conversation with me. Um, you know, I think that's the trick. I have a lot of people who come to me and they're like, well, can't I outsource somebody else to write my content? And I'm like, no, I really don't think you should because it needs to sound like it comes from you and it needs to all be correct and nobody else is going to know the real estate transaction the way that you do. So, you know, it took me a good year to set up all of those systems, but it saves me hundreds of hours every year going forward. So it's a lot of work in the beginning. That's the hard part, but it's really worth it at the end. Um, and I think that clients appreciate that consistent communication. They know that they're going to hear from you every day. They know that you're going to be ahead of in, any information that they need. And so it really makes them feel like you're there and it doesn't make it feel canned. It just makes it feel like they're giving you information that, that they you need. I think the other thing too is that, you know, even with all of our systems, I still handle everything personally. So like I handle all the inspection negotiations personally. I'm at the inspections. I'm at closings. I'm at final walkthroughs. I'm texting my clients, you know, so they know this system is automated, but they also still like feel like they have a very personal connection to me and can text me, call me anytime. So your session was talking about um, increasing business efficiencies. Let's talk about why that is so important for agents. And let's um, tell people what you did last year in your business and the amount of assistance that you had. Because I think they're going to be really shocked with what you're able to. But this is basically another assistant for you, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, it's another assistant who's a lot cheaper than a human, right? You know? So, I mean, for me... You know, I have a three-year-old, and so, you know, we did, we had a lot of these systems in place before I had my son, but having my son was a wake-up call and a game-changer, especially as he got, you know, to be one and a half and two. It was, I would rather be at home with him enjoying life than having this same conversation with a client that I've already had 18 other times. So it really made my mind shift change of now, if I have a conversation and I've had that conversation before, an immediate light bulb goes off in my head, and my thought process is, 
is how can I change this so that I don't have to have this conversation ever again with somebody? And usually that's automating that information, writing a blog post, et cetera, about it. So that was really kind of how I thought of things going forward in my business. Like just the other day, I realized that, um, this was a couple months ago, that when I'm having to put together an offer for a client, I was sending them a, the blog post on our website about how to put together an offer, but then I was still typing in, here's what I need you to know. And I was like, well, this is so stupid. So now I have an automated template in my Gmail. So if I need to put an offer together, I click a button and it goes out to the client and says, here's a blog post you need to read about putting an offer together. Here's 10 questions I need you to answer. Email me back with those answers and then I will write up your offer. So it's just little tweaks like that that just save you a lot of time. You know, so that's what I would say to any agent. If you find yourself having a conversation or doing something more than once, there's probably a better way to do it. So really think about how can you work smarter, not harder. You're a genius. You really are. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of the same. I mean, it's like every time you open your mouth, I get something new from That's you. Funny. It's really good. Well, no. Tell my husband and child that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure the husband already knows that. <laughs> you got a few years on the child, but the number of people that were sitting That's next funny. to me while you were speaking going, genius. That's genius. I I heard it behind us over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) that's funny. You know, I think part of it is that, like, I really come from a business background, you know, and so it's like. That shines through. Yeah, so it's like run your business like a business. Don't, you know, right. I know, crazy, crazy, you know, so like, how can you do it better? Like, and really look outside the industry. That's what I've learned from Nobu, you know, Mm -hmm. like, look at, like, you know, like, I try to model my business after Uber and Amazon and, you know, um, you know, Zappos, you know, like, what are those. business is doing correctly that you can bring into your business well and because you took the time up front to get information from them you now can service their needs before they even know that they have it in the way they want to be serviced correct and i think it's absolutely so smart and intelligent on your part but they just feel like shay's just amazing and she can read my mind they forget some of the information they've probably given you like how did you know i love the color blue totally yes i mean even things like on our survey we asked them how do you want to be communicated (laughs) with do you want phone calls emails or text and so you know if they say text we still have our automated emails that go out but then i make sure all the rest of the communication is via text or via phone so that you are treating people the way they want to be treated i think in real estate we have we have the tendency to make the real estate transaction about us. Yes. And it's not about us. No one cares about us. No. It's about the client. That's right. Yep. You know, you got to focus on making their experience good. I have a question that's going to seem like a weird one. Yeah. So <laughs> um, you seem super organized. <laughs> so then, then the way you're laughing makes me glad I'm going to ask this question. Do you feel like, you know, are you a super clean, like tidy type of a person or is your business just as organized i would say my business is more organized than my home life is yeah don't you i feel like yeah. everybody feels totally. that way it's, we like yeah. we have to have organization totally in our, in our business yes but my like my, well in her defense though she's got a husband a kid and some dogs like <laughs> not her right, fault right no i it's get tar- it i am ocd though so like i will go home and like you know my husband will look at me and he'll be like oh here comes the ocd because i'm like there's <laughs> stuff all over the counter and like i can't focus until it's cleaned up you know so i have a little bit of that but yeah i'm not that person where you open the pantry and like every can label is I perfect w- i wish i was that person <laughs> i wish but i know but I see you would not. take time away from being with oliver and nobu totally. to do that right. exactly and that, you know, that's not what's important that's to you like the, the can labels being like uh, yeah. the reason it goes back to the pinterest thing like you when you yeah. were in between doing what you were doing now you were playing on pinterest and it's like but 
I'm a Pinterest fail over and over again. I've just totally. like it's cute and I love to pin it, but it's never gonna. I'm happen. never gonna do it. Nope. Yep. Totally. The reason why I asked that though is because I um. I oh, feel you had like a reason. I did. <laughs> I did. I because and before actually you came in here, I was even telling Amber. I go, gosh, she seems so organized, and and I pulled so so many things from this. I'm not that organized, and totally. and I think that people can really look at some like w- everything that you talked about and come up with this idea in their head that that's just not them like i can't be this organized but you can but you can yeah. you totally can anybody can really put these systems in place without and, and you you really broke that down uh, effectively like I, I really feel like anybody can do this you don't have to be a super hyper organized crazy person totally. to uh to have these kinds of systems yeah i think it really depends on what your priorities are that's where it comes from for me it's like is my priority to have free time to spend time with my family if so then that means i need to have my business be really organized because otherwise if your business isn't organized you're not going to have away. that free time that's right? right so it's like i'm not naturally that organized a person like do not look inside my suitcase right now because nothing is folded it's just shoved in there and i like sat on it to close it right so like that's generally how i am but you know you have to figure out what your priority is and then make your business fit those priorities and for me that was i want to spend as little time in my business as i can so one of the things that i talk about in one of my keynotes and i think you kind of just alluded to it is work-life balance is a misnomer there are times in our life that are more work heavy and we have to create times in our life that are more life heavy but in order for you to have that free time with your family, you had to spend time working to create all these systems. You said you took a year to do that. They just didn't happen overnight. They weren't just there. Right. But because you put the time in there, it's now freed you up here. Yes. And I think people forget that too often. They think they can just have work-life balance all the time. No, it's definitely, you have to think about it. It has to be well thought out. And it's it's even changed this year because my son started preschool. We had a nanny before who was there till 530. And now we don't have that anymore. He's in preschool. I have to pick him up at 345 and he goes down at 730. So it's I, I'm on mom duty during those hours. Yeah. And I don't want to do real estate then. I don't want to be distracted by my phone. So I had to tighten up all of our systems even more this year and really sit down and think through where are areas that I'm inefficient that we can find more efficiencies so that I can be mom for those four hours every afternoon and not be stressed that things aren't happening. So, you know, really sit down and look at your business. Start with one thing. I think that's the thing. People get so overwhelmed sometimes with my talks and it's like pick one thing mm-hmm. that you can do today. Like the Google form is to me the easiest thing. It takes a couple of hours and it's done. Implement that one thing and then look at what you can implement next. Just do one thing at a time. You don't have to do it all at once. This has been amazing. It has. I think I could sit I and agree. talk to you. Well, I could sit and talk to you all day anyway. That's <laughs> that's a given. But about this topic and doing all this. Shay, thank you for coming in and speaking with us after you came off stage. It's been a blast. I could speak with you for hours about this topic or any topic or Oliver because he's so darn cute. He's just like when you had him, I was like, he's the cutest baby Ever. Oh my gosh, we look at pictures now when he was a baby and we're like, gosh, he was ugly. No. But I think it's like when you're a parent, you think they're so beautiful. And we look back and he was like, boy, he was ugly. Thank goodness he's cute oh, now. No. He's always had those eyelashes. He's just so, I, I've always thought Oliver was oh, handsome. Well, thank so that's, you. that's my personal opinion. But just thank you for coming in and being with us today. We really appreciate having you here. My pleasure. So Thanks much for great information. Me. Thank you. Anytime Shay. you're in Kansas City, you're back on. All right. You got it. Oh.